A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello and welcome to the AEW Dynamite Preview. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by the Dudley Boys of What Culture, Michael Hamlet and Michael Sidgwick, here to look ahead to tonight's episode of AEW Dynamite. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts, where we not only review AEW Dynamite, but also AEW Rampage, Raw, SmackDown, the show formerly known as NXT 2.0. Oh! Pay-per-views, premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a round of the week complete quiz, of course, on wrestle culture. As I said, though, joined by Havlin Sidge to look ahead to AEW Dynamite tonight. Don't worry, the NXT review is still coming later on today. Bit of a topsy-turvy day today. Also because we have no bloody idea when this Warner Brothers Discovery Upfront thing's going to drop, and it's Sod's Law that if we record this later on in the afternoon... It'll probably happen as we're recording. We'll miss it and everything will feel out of date. It's all going to feel out of date eventually anyway, but we're just trying to get at least a couple of hours out of this. We've once got a meeting, so we would have recorded the AEW preview at like 3 p.m. And it was just, people would, you know, the window is important. Exactly. Thanks, Anna Louise, for being pregnant. (laughs) I'm going to see the midwife. Um, Sorry for being off yesterday as well, by the way. Thank you guys for, uh, for looking after everything. Before we dive into it, do you want to see it, Sage? He's already seen it. Yeah, I would like to see your damaged foot on an audio medium. I don't know if you listen. I'll describe it. Yeah. Yeah, all we did was wish you well. If you listen back to the podcast, you'll find yeah. nothing but well wishes and oh, thoughts okay. and prayers. Right. So as you can see, as you can see, Sage, it already looks, if I put it next to my normal foot, like the bit in The Naughty Professor where Sherman's turning back into Big Naughty Professor, basically. <laughs> but it's also got a bit of uh, Cody Rhodes to it, because look at that ankle. Oh, no. It looks like you've got Cody Rhodes' tit at the bottom of your shin. A big, fat, busted, <laughs> blue ankle. And yet, he's still standing. A bit of a Ely Dragunov tease. <laughs> <later on. laughs> yeah. Did you um, enjoy that pain? Um, do you know what? No. <laughs> <laughs> Would you rather not have it? Yeah, I, I, if, I'll tell you what, if I can go back in time, uh, all like Apollo Crews can, another NXT pr- <laughs> push there, um, see into the future, I probably wouldn't have committed so much to that block because, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't a fun 24 hours, to be perfectly honest. But uh, How do you drive home? Slowly. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let's talk uh, Dynamite, Sige, because, yeah, we, we've no idea what the timeline's going to be like today with AEW stuff, but today's show... Aside from a big match between Roddy Strong uh, and Jericho and obviously uh, Starks um, getting his hands finally on Jay White, it's all kind of about Tony Khan's major announcement tonight. It is, but I'm 
pretty aware of what that announcement is going to entail. Collisions happening, and CM Punk is going to be the star of it. So it's not necessarily new information. It will be nice to get it confirmed and to really sort of delve into nerdy fantasy booking territory. Legitimately, there is one match on this show that I'm more interested in than the announcement. Um, I think it's a very bold and potentially sort of... um, so it's a very bold choice to do this particular match, which we'll get into imminently, I guess. Um, but it might there might be a more cynical reason why they have to do it now, and we'll get into it, I suppose. Um, yeah, within hours we'll know the details. I imagine that um, we'll know the exact dollar figure they'll be getting from mm-hmm. Warner Media for the next round of rights fees. We'll probably get confirmation or you know, just about confirmation of CM Punk either appearing at the um, upfronts or that'll be the secondary component of the announcement. We'll have more huge details on it to come and they'll save that announcement for Dynamite. Um, Yeah, I don't know what else there is to say. Mm. What was they going to call the Punk thing? Second coming? Yeah, the second coming of Punk's return. First of all. Oh, my God. God. It's fantastic. He's got to turn heel and this can be the start of it and that's great. I don't think he will. I don't want him to because I think he's the shoot baby face in this situation, but a lot of fans don't. And uh, <laughs> it would certainly, it would play into, even if like down the road. If the it, fans are willing to go along with it, it will be amazing. Well, yeah. even if, I think doing this now, even if the idea is that he comes back as a baby face to begin with. He's in Chicago, man. It's yeah, just not the plan. There will be great ammo for a baby face down the line. It'd be like, and you returned after all of that and you were the second coming. This is what you think of yourself in this company. And one day they can do something yeah. with that. I'm. Um, yeah, the, the announcement, I think, is um, substantially more interesting if Punk is at the upfronts, because there might be more to this. He might have a, another race up his sleeve. I, I, the upfronts could reveal the name collision, the money they're making for it, these things we kind of already know. Punk returning, that we already know too. And there might be something else. Like mm. I, I don't know what this thing is, which is not great podcast content, <laughs> but... I don't know. My faith in this, like it's a bit of a gimmick at this point, this Tony Khan not something, but my faith has been wholly restored after the Wembley one. Nobody, yeah. nobody called that. Like me and Sidgwick, days before, were whinging a bit. It was like, you put up a crap graphic and now all your hot locations are gone. You can do the and, copper box or something. Yeah, has to book my holiday imminently, yeah. <laughs> and now I've got anxiety that it's going to fall on that date. What's happening? And then people were booking their summer holidays before they announced Wembley. Yeah, I'm, I know. Well, I knew <laughs> I would find a way to whinge about Wembley, and I have. But like announcement gets made, history making wrestling show. Well, right? when they made the announcement, we went, "You fucking idiots! Why didn't you get the British person to do it? Because they've got the wrong Wembley in it." Because we went, "Yeah, you've done the yeah. wrong one there." And I, I just, I don't know. That's made me think that maybe there's more. Maybe there is. You know, I've got a particular myself and Cedric have got a particular vested interest in the double or nothing card kicking ass. So it'd be lovely <laughs> to think that there was something that none of us could foresee right now coming for that show because we'll get onto this. But tonight's dynamite really has got to be. As much to do with formalizing that card. We're, yeah. a, we're a dynamite and one away from this show. So you could do with that anyway. I don't know. I've just got a feeling that the upfronts will reveal much of what people would have otherwise forecast for this. And that, like, it's got to have an element of surprise. And if, like, AW's media and AW's Twitter account and AW's press will get this upfronts news out to people to the point where, yes, there will be some people watching dynamite that have no idea, but the bulk of their audience will already be aware. And I just feel like he's going to want something to be the surprise element of it. For obvious reasons, I'm more interested in Double or Nothing than Collision because I'm going to Double or Nothing, all Mm. going well. Um, And I'm thinking as well, this might be copium, that they've sold 
um, in the 7,000 to 8,000 mm. range. And they might have a decent walk-up or whatever on the night that's well below the expectation. Mm. So maybe Tony Khan will add something that is going to move some real hardcore punters and just, oh, I have to go and see it because this match is a bolt from the blue, not really telegraphed on, mm. on the programs or anything like that. Maybe he's hoping that his roster will show out, as they will in Las Vegas. You'll get the usual sort of discourse of, shouldn't have doubted them because the show was great and I think that's not necessarily the way around to do it, but regardless, um, so maybe he's relying on the show to deliver to get the hype back ahead of mm. the Bidden Dawn collision in this huge, enormous seismic summer. But I would like to hope that he's thinking, you know, in and of itself, double or nothing is lacking as a pay-per-view attraction. So let's really add something cool to it. Yeah, because they've got, what, a couple of matches announced properly for double or nothing, but you could probably get, uh, speculate on five, another five, six, yeah. seven easily added to that card. And you I've know. got an idea for a left of field one, which we'll get into when a certain match is previewed Ooh. here. And the good news is, obviously... When all the news drops, even if it's just dropped as we're talking right now before this podcast even goes out, we'll deal with it uh, on the Dynamite Review tomorrow. We'll probably do a Get the Table, potentially speculating on Collision, and kill some time on the Rampage preview, so <laughs> check. Yeah. <laughs> because I can just read the matches on Rampage and Sitch can go, well, this person needs a win before the pay-per-view, so they're going to get it. That's Rampage now. Will we? Four more to go. Yeah. <laughs> like, we're going to see in the flesh one of the last ever... Yeah, OG rampages, aren't we? Before it like well, becomes we be- twenty twenty two, so I don't think so. Becomes what it's been all along as yeah. a relegated sea show, basically. So when Collision starts, that's it. It's 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 confirmed as rampage the when Collision starts. Ramp- isn't it? The second and better Mox Takeshita match was on rampage not that long ago. Yeah, Bucks versus Lucha Brothers that did on rampage, and that was when it was a lesser concern. What it is now is a joke. But we're here. It's Wednesday. You know yeah. what I mean? Did um, uh, Jungle Boy and Luke Soros win the belts on Rampage? No. Was that on Dynamite? It was on Dynamite. Was they did defend the titles frequently on Rampage. Yeah. Remember when the Punker was a Rampage exclusive guy? Aye. For a bit. Until like they were like, right, this week, Dynamite, just a can't-miss attraction, Bobby Fish. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what could possibly go wrong? And I mean, <laughs> folks, where's the lie? Well... Sticking with people who used to be in the Undisputed Era, Roderick Strong has his first singles match in AEW tonight, Sige, against Chris Jericho. It's false count anywhere. Basically, everyone's banned from ringside. The Jagoff Appreciation Society, as Roddy Strong calls them in the Road 2 video. Always worth checking that out. Um, along with, of course, Adam Cole, who's not even allowed in the arena. This is the baby faces outsmarting the heels. It's going to make its way backstage. They're going to come together, Jericho and Strong, tumble through a fire exit because he's not allowed in the building, uh-huh. but no one said he can't stand outside of it. Adam Cole is going to be stood there. Jericho is going to sell it in the way he only can, and it's going to be really funny. My worry, and I think it's a really nice story, like I'll say that AEW, Tony Khan still really likes, where possible, to and, you know, he's kind of deviated from this with the, um, the Pillar storyline and the Mox Hangman one in particular where he's deviating from his usual pattern of doing everything possible to keep two big-time upcoming pay-per-view opponents apart, mm-hmm. like with MJF and Cody and the like. Um, I think he's realized that, well, I can either do that with a gauntlet or I can sort of change my 
philosophy mm-hmm. a bit. I think they've done a tremendous job of just giving you these little snapshots of Cole and Jericho coming together, having these furious brawls, like really heated, and then they find a way to keep them apart. Mm-hmm. And I think this riff on the CM Punk in the elite business in the Adam Cole and Chris Jericho program is genuinely much better than how they've tried to create um, tension between the elite and the BCC. I think this Jericho Cole thing quietly has been very, very, very good indeed. And I think the idea to lure Jericho out of the building mm. so Cole can get his hands on him is very smart. My concern is that Chris Jericho got blown up in the um, the four-way match at Full Gear. Remember that? Mm-hmm. Where it was Jericho, Guevara, Danielson, and Claudio. It was excellent for like 90% of it. And in the last three minutes, when Claudio was trying to sort of send Jericho into the guardrail and then rampage into him, Jericho was blown out of his arse. <laughs> Fair enough, the man is in his 50s. The man had just worked this really great, um, dramatic match with loads of moving parts for like a long time. So not burying a guy for getting blown up because it's amazing that he can still do what he does at this age. I think perspective is needed on that in general. But my worry is that this happens again. In the confines of a ring, Roderick Strong is a cardio machine. Yes, It takes a lot to keep up with him. So to do that phase of the match and then brawl around the arena, it's a huge ask of Chris Jericho. And it's I hope they pull it off because I think it's a really cool story. A bit predictable, but at this point, you kind of want to see the heel get his ass kicked. But I think that's how the story goes. But my worry, again, is Jericho's ability to keep up with Roderick Strong. And that's no slight on Jericho necessarily. There are 20 and 30-year-olds, I would say. Are you going to keep up with Roderick Strong? The guy is an absolute mm-hmm. monster in there, so... There's three 30-year-olds around here that probably couldn't keep up with Chris God Jericho. Man. Yes, <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I really like the way that they've presented this this feud with, with, with Cole and Jericho. It looks great on the road, too, the way they've spliced all the stuff together with, with obviously, the attack on Brit as well. Uh, and I think the three of us all collectively rolled our eyes when it's like, oh, cool, Jericho's moving on to Cole now because he's popular. And then you and I sat here with the Lexi Nair... Are you sure? Segment and went, you sure? He's done it again. Yeah, agree. Like, just echo all of that. Really, really positive about this. It's just, it's a match, a combination of wrestlers I'm really excited about and a story that's been well told to get there, which is all you can really ask for from... Very well plotted this. Yeah. Like, it's all you can ask for from a Chris Jericho one because too often things go off the rails or you can sense somebody losing the heat and none of that's happened here with Adam Cole. It's Gauntlet City a lot yeah. of the time as well. I love... You pitch their Sige about them bursting out the building and that highlighting that Jericho's tried everything he can to avoid Cole and yet they've come up with this thing because I think there's a really nice convergence of events here. Chris Jericho, we kind of know, is going to be part of Collision. Tony Khan's pushing for Jericho Punk and all that stuff. And yeah, I get why you would lean on Chris Jericho as one of your like key figures, mm. not least because if he's agreed to it with Punk. It's all political, but you get it. Yeah, I think... This is all going to converge on a stipulation match for double or nothing. Loser leaves dynamite. Yeah. And like Chris Jericho is wanting to ruin Adam Cole's return by saying you can't even work like half the week now in AEW and they can't be near each other. Blah, blah, blah. Jericho gets beat. And you remember when he was uh, fired from Monday Night Raw and he was like being carried out, kicking and screaming like a baby, oh, yeah. begging Bischoff for his job back. I could see him trying to get back in on his first dynamite and just being 
Hoofed Do out the, the building thing. I was about yeah. to say in costume. I like just hoofed out like the JAS have tried to sneak him in the building in like a cleaning cart or something yeah, like that. Yeah. Under and a then, giant traffic cone. LTST. Yes. Amazing. <laughs> and it's just, it's one and done with Pop him. Taught me so much there. Yeah. It's one and done with him and Cole, but the whole point is, well, you're going over here. So Saturday nights anyway. He does rampage commentary. And, you know, that's probably something he wants to be doing a bit more of anyway. It's a bit of a statement, I think, that you're getting. I know, like, it's worries. Roster split stuff worries people, and I do get that. But this idea that Jericho is an exclusive collision talent protects his ego mm. and frees up a lot of dynamite segments. A couple of big wins there, I think. Is that the main event, do you think? Tonight. Jericho strong. The reveal of Cole, eventually. Maybe. Or is it local boy, sort of, Ricky Starks finally getting his hands on JY? I think we all assumed, Sige, that this was going to be pay-per-view stuff. Yes, this is so interesting, this. Because it is... I've said all along that I love the idea of the wildly impulsive, very emotional Ricky Starks going up against the chess master, Jay White, who's got some of the best counters in the business. I thought it was inspired matchmaking all along from Tony Khan. And it felt big, and they've kind of ruined it with a bad storyline with the trappings of Bullet Club Gold and the weird, very deeply mid-card Sean Spears stuff with the cards. It just felt like this is not main event material mm. whatsoever. So I was... I'm, Still, I'm not hyped on it as a result. They haven't done enough storytelling to really sell me on this. But my God, this is so bold. That makes me think, why are they doing it? Like It, it, it was bold enough by Tony Khan's standards because Jericho, um, Starks having beaten Jericho, we'd thought, right, okay, well, he could go back up to MJF or he's going to get a push. And then you have JY instantly targets him. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, no one can lose this. And I've loved that. Like all or nothing drama yeah. from AEW in the past with Cody and Jericho was all or nothing. It always felt like if you lose this back to the drawing board, then I love that like actual drama and the anxiety that came with it. Kind of fall down the rankings. Yeah, I know. Like that kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, like yeah. Simple yeah. as that yeah, was. Absolutely. Super effective. No, absolutely, absolutely. The hangman page one was is yeah, an all time. Fantastic. Us, isn't it? Absolutely fantastic. Um so this is even more bold because you've got this guy who and it's a bit tell don't show with Jay White. And this is New Japan, not just AEW. Of was he really a world class talent? Is he really one of the big modern greats of New Japan pro wrestling? People have discussed this to death, but nonetheless, I mean, he's had one of my top five matches ever: the Kota Ibushi 2019 G1 final. I've seen enough of Jay White to to get the impression that if I haven't seen it all of the time this huge megastar quality in him. I've seen it enough times to know that he can one day get there. And you can't have him just come in to lose. But equally, you can't have Ricky Starks losing in Texas. Mm. It's one thing to just beat him in Vegas and sort of cut bait on this baby face turn that has panned out nowhere near as successfully as a lot of people thought. And just basically have Ricky Starks be a heel again because he's awesome. Maybe doing it in Texas will accelerate that plot development forward and say, if I can't get it done in my hometown with the mm. hometown support, I might as well just turn heel. So maybe that's the reason why this is happening. Maybe it's to get all of that heat on Jay White, knowing that Ricky Starks is not long for AEW. And there was a report that um, he's filed the trademark for his ring name. If you were rem- on Twitter this week, if you remember as well, this was odd and I didn't like it at the time because it was deep amid 
Dax Harwood's anti-first <laughs> dance energy with that tedious Twitter storyline where mm. he was threatening to leave. Before he was attacked by Juice Robinson, Ricky Starks having beat Jericho was doing a, what's next for Ricky Starks and where am I going? So maybe he was just doing a Cody, where Cody was like, I'm not sure if I'm going to stick around. And he didn't, actually. And why are you <laughs> so, saying that on AWTV? So, what do you people want to chat about? <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? It's weird. Um, is Ricky Starks fed-bound? Do they want you to think he's fed-bound, but in fact isn't? Is Ricky Starks going to turn heel with the knowledge that, realistically, he should be hotter as a babyface? And maybe some of this is on him as much as Tony Khan. Um, and the idea is that he's going to turn heel and be... The babyface CM Punk's mm. first major opponent like or one of them. And um, the idea being that CM Punk referenced Starks yeah. in that tweet before he even signed to the company. So I'm going to be on the hook big time for this. And with it being in Austin, Texas, sorry, Hamlet, you can talk in a minute. This is going to be loud as balls. Yeah. This is awesome. This is awesome. And I hope it's not just, just Juice Robinson interfering, which it probably will be. <laughs> I really like the framing of it like that because... <clears throat> on paper, this is them cutting bait on a match because they don't think it deem it worthy of the pay per view. Um, I'd like to think it's more along the lines of Cedric's thinking, where they've got something planned, or there's there's busy stuff for them to do on the pay per view, even two weeks out. That's more interesting than this because they acknowledge it's not interesting. Because if none of what Cedric said is occurring, then basically they have just looked at it and thought it's not good enough. The story is not good enough. We'll not get a double nothing. But there's now for either of them. Otherwise, well, so well. Beyond Sidge's fantasy book, which I think is superb. Um, I just, it's the it's the Starks losing in Texas thing that I think is the most fascinating thing because I think Jay White has to win. He has mm. to win. He has to win. Like the because he can't turn heel after this and go in a different direction. Or he yeah. can't turn babyface because people won't believe in him. He and was, he's not that guy. No, he was brought in and made a bit mid last year in the Forbidden Door build. It was like almost Rampage exclusive. It and was shocking because it was like, right, okay, Jay White's here. That's all very good. Where's Okada? Yeah. That was every time I saw Jay White on yeah. screen, I was like, where's Okada? Like nobody was asking for. I'll tell you what, the, I think the most damning indictment of Jay White's AEW run so far is that in spite of Vince McMahon being this like looming shadow of a WWE, regardless of what you might think is the Triple H bit or the Vince bit or whatever, I've seen enough of maybe he should have gone to WWE. And if you remember when he signed, it was like, whew, Jay White got in AW because Vince came back. That would have been terrible. His booking has been so bland and made that people have thought, on Raw, he'd be a star. And that's, mm. I think that's an indictment of how it's gone for him so far. Yeah. So this feels like the opportunity. Like, there's a clean slate victory from here. He wins, and it's like, right, now this is the real quiz. What Jay White is doing next, which Sid is about to tell you, and it kicks ass, this is the real quiz. Jay White is here, and he's doing this. And he's got the heat now because he's just yeah, Starks in Boston. Yeah, because this false start, I'm... I'm with Sidge. I see. I don't see it every time, but I'll always defend him because I see something incredibly special within Jay White, like five times out of ten in New Japan. And that was enough. That was enough for me to think when he nails this and when he harnesses it, mm. you're going to get it nine times out of ten. And the, I don't even think they've given him a chance to do that nah, yet. Not yet, not yet, not yet. So my fantasy book in here with double or nothing needing, needing an attraction that is not bogged down by a bit of a bad story is that Jay White wins here, gets all the heat in the world, beats Orange Cassidy at double or nothing for the international title. Oh, my God. I love that. Really like that, yeah. Because we've been sort of rumbling and ahhing about who it was going to be. Um, he's what, 21? New Zealand? International. International. 
Yeah, I think it's great, a great idea. Um, because he's on what, like 21 defense, one of the one weeks, one of the few weeks where he's not actually defending it on Dynamite. Yeah. So, yeah, but he's he's looking more and more like Adam Cole. So, this weekend. Double or nothing, gambling, 21. Ah, that's amazing. I'm the I, best. I thought you were going to say it was going to be Lance Archer and he's got 22. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but no, they've got the 21. The yeah. Blackjack match. Blackjack match. Blackjack match. Jay White versus Orange Cassidy at double or nothing live from Las Vegas. <laughs> People got John Moxley with a plane car. <laughs> <laughs> There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Uh, one of the few matches that is announced for Double or Nothing, of course, is that four pillars match for the world title. Couple of the pillars in action tonight. Sammy Guevara is just in action against. Uh, and it's Jungle Boy Jack Perry versus Roosh. Yeah. They are going to turn Jack Perry heel by the end of the year. Like, almost certainly. On purpose. A bit, uh, column A, column B stuff. <laughs> in that, he's got this reputation. And uh, Twitter's a bubble, so maybe they don't care. Everyone will still go mad for Baltimore in the arena. And Twitter is its own thing. But there's other metrics. And that is pay-per-view buy rates, pay-per-view interest, and tickets. And my God, no one has taken this lad seriously as someone who they think will be MGF or much less want to beat MGF. Mm. It's uh, really, it's the most noble of failures. They have tried so hard with Jack Perry. They've stayed the course. Perry's gone into pay-per-views and he's just delivered every single time. And he's been really unlucky with that. Like the Christian thing, it was like, oh, hey, are you finally going to fight Christian? Oh, he's injured. So yeah. could put that on the, the ice for match ruled. The Christian Cage match is one of the most thoughtful, great clever matches of the year. Like they've given him the opportunity, he smashed it. They've given him another opportunity, he has smashed it. They have told you for four years pretty much this guy's gonna be something and we are going to remind you constantly, mm-hmm. stick with the lad to tell you he's gonna be something. And as soon as you get to that main main event level, something like this, this pillars program, gives you a renewed appreciation of the guys and the gals who do make it yeah. to that level because it's so hard. Evidently, look at Jack Perry. As I've said, like they've told you it's worth investing in him. 
Forget your WWE brain. We're telling you, mm-hmm. and we're going to show you that stay the course with this guy from day one. He's going to be someone. And then he still smashes it. And he, how do you smash it? And <laughs> it's still that quality is missing. Yeah. And he can do everything for someone. You can genuinely plot out a really thoughtful, consistent, impressive, rewarding, four-year-long character arc. It's a proper WWF one. Tag matches, mid-card stuff, overcoming huge adversity in the Christian thing. Yeah. They're, that's how they used to ready guys all the time. Yeah, when it was you good. Would, you would, yeah, yeah. Three would, decades ago. You would, chart it, you would chart it and you would see it, yeah. Like, They've done that, yeah. and it's still sometimes not enough. So, And the thing about this match with Roosh is that people at this point are saying, well, you shouldn't beat Roosh. And it's like, well, of course he should. He's yeah. going into the main event. This is the sort of the Hail Mary where in Roosh is going to kick the shit out of him. <laughs> going to f- knock shit out of him because he's Roosh. And I think this is their big, we need to layer sympathy upon sympathy upon sympathy on this guy to get ready for this big, huge match that we kind of need to sell tickets for. So I think it's a really good version of an idea that is going to fail because I think people are ready to see Jack Perry be a heel and do something else because he's sure not ready for this spot. Um, it's a bit like the the fable of Roderick Strong and Danielson kicking the Young Bucks like to death in that match in PWG in 2009, where it's like, if we just kick him hard enough, <laughs> people can't not feel sorry for him. So I feel like it'll probably work on the night. And Twitter's a bubble. This was like a niche within a niche, this discourse about a convention. I couldn't give a f*** about it. Sorry, <laughs> Wilborn. It's all right. But um, I, I think it'll work in and of itself, but it won't prevent in the months to come Tony Khan realizing that he needs to go as a, as a heel. There's no shame in that. You can't be Steamboat anymore. Not in the age of episodic TV. And especially not when you're Ricky Steamboat either. When you're not Ricky Steamboat, rather. Just call me, well, Roosh. Because I can't be arsed with this mid-card Dynamite match. Like, I just cannot be arsed with it. I saw the graphic and it just did nothing for me. It didn't feel like, I'm not massively a Roosh guy. But then I think, sometimes think that's because sometimes Roosh isn't massively a Roosh mm. guy. Like, I just don't think it's amazing. The, it's, when he wants to be. Yeah. He's really, like... Really case by case. If he gets the cables out, I'll be unhappy. <laughs> it's, I don't think, I'll be happily proven wrong, right? Because this does have every chance of kicking ass. Yeah. I, on paper, I don't think this is particularly good matchmaking. And not good booking. Not good no, I, I just, it's not, I think Roosh could out-electrify, not because of the cables, Jungle Boy, in terms of form. It's the worst possible time to do it, mm. unless you are trying to heal Jungle Boy now and advance the four pillars when he cheats for the first time to try and win the belt. And he lowers himself to Jeff's level, and then you see the the makings of the heel turn. Maybe this is to start that now. But I I just, I don't even think, like maybe if it was Sammy Guevara, because they're kind of trying to play him as a tweener, and you see that he kind of starts off trying to cheat against Roosh, and then he's like, right, you know what, I'm going to have to out-flip and out-leap you, and you get both sides of this. Sammy Guevara, the good and bad of this kid, and you get that little story. I don't see a story as engaging with Jungle Boy here. He'll win. And he'll kind of overcome because Jungle Boy's finds himself with a with like size disadvantages against most wrestlers. He's a slight figure a lot of the time. I just I don't know where it fits on that. Maybe it opens, but I don't think it's the hottest option for an opener. I, it's definitely not the hottest open uh, option for a main event. Like I hour. would, well, yeah, but I would want to profile the women's match more because at least there's some good story invested in that. 
honestly, I cannot be bothered, and I've like I'll wait being made a fool of tonight. This match will be a ripper, but I just it will be a ripper. This, like. yeah, it's just maybe it's the Jungle Boy malaise as well. I think it mm. is. I don't think that's entirely his fault, but the bookings pulled back some things I didn't want to think about Jungle Boy as a yeah, main yeah, event. Yeah. No, it's a shame. I, I agree with that. You know, you're speaking of the women's match, we'll get to that in, in due course, uh, and we'll get Jim Ross's thoughts on it, of course, uh, as well. Um, the thing is, they're trying to you know uh, make some money with uh, with Jungle Boy, and he's athletic, but he's not big. In comparison to some of the other members of the roster, Jim, what do you think about you know uh, size, athleticism, and, and whether that's you know key to to making an industry? Yeah. Bro Watts actually once told me that you can make a lot of money with an athletic big man. He said it on Rampage, and I forgot to mention it in the review. Did he? <laughs> I, I can't that. remember who it was in reference. Is it Brian Cage? To. Maybe. I'm, I think it was actually before that match. Oh, okay. So what else was on the Rampage card? I've already forgotten. <laughs> <laughs> but he didn't say the Bill Watts line. He said, a lot of money. Athletic big man. <laughs> Not my words. Words of the cowboy. Look it up. Not this cowboy. <laughs> Another cowboy. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm the last cowboy. Sammy Guevara in action. I'll have you hauled out of there if you're pissed out of your fourth floor window now. <laughs> this business has gone down to tubes. I was kind of one of the last guys to perv on women on national television. Have you heard our new game? I used to call it Hot Lana. Lighten up, Francis. <laughs> have, have, have you heard the new game on Rampage? Do you yep. want to hear the jingle? Shout out to Mark Lee Willis for making this for us. Of the week. <laughs> so, we failed. We got it wrong. This week, but my prediction could we predict what the pervy comment okay, is going yeah, yeah. to be? So it was Tony Storm in action against Alison Kay. Mm-hmm. So my idea of the pervy Jim Ross comment was going to be, Well, if that storm came my way, I wouldn't batten down the hatches. <laughs> <laughs> he was on quite good behavior, although shout out, I can't remember who tweeted this to us. Yeah, I said, someone and yeah, I said I said oh he was he was quite good. All he said was like precision sharpening, and I was like Be careful. You know there. what you're doing, Jim. He was more sort of leering over Brian Cage in the main event, like a big man. I get it. But apparently, I missed because I wasn't listening out for it earlier. Uh, and talking about Penelope Ford in that uh, trio, there was a trios match. There we go. There was the acclaimed getting their obligatory win yeah. over Butcher Blade and Kip Sabian. A lot of money out of Billy Gunn, <laughs> <laughs> probably the best pure athlete in AEW. <laughs> Remember that. Uh, what, the, what, what do you mean, Jim? Because, like, you're saying that the uh, Austin's the toughest son of a bitch, and you're saying the Rock's the most electrifying man. Is the pure athlete good? Yeah, <laughs> no, not? Because them two sound better. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll always love Billy Gunn for uh, a coughing drop. Looks pretty uh, pretty hard-hitting. It's going to be pretty tough to kick out of 3.1. <laughs> Nearly. Almost, kid. Um, stretching. <laughs> Sammy Guevara in action implies squash. Is there a way that they present this as, like, MJF still trying. To, I know he's got to face him, but he's trying to like, well, get him on a bit on side so he can in the in the pay per view match. So he said, oh, "I've pulled some strings." Ju- uh, Jungle Boy's in a tough match against Roosh. Darby can have some huge bloke next week on Dynamite. MJF lining up his rival with a devastating opponent for one night on Dynamite. I don't think they do that. But Guevara gets an, an easy pass. Is like, uh, oh, I'm sorry about our issues. Let's say there's material here. Yeah. I don't know where it goes. Um, judging by last week's really understated talking head stuff, maybe they want people to forget about that element of the storyline. Yeah. Who knows? These matches could flow into one another. They certainly could be sequenced together so that 
Sammy Guevara beats someone, some goober, handily within minutes, and Jack Perry gets his goddamn ass kicked. Like, maybe you can get color, like, especially with that hair. Oh. You can replicate the Danielson, his, he- his hair, oh. like, in it splaying the blood across the camera. I. They could, they're going to kick Jungle Boy's ass tonight. That's what they're going to do to Babyface. And, and maybe the contrast can make you realize how oh, Guevara's got it easy. I like Jungle Boy more than him, which is what you're meant to be thinking realistically. Yeah. Um, but I mean, Darby Allen's going to get brutalized on the go-home dynamite. That's his version of that. Yeah, potentially. Like, beating him in an inch of his life so he's as like damaged as he can be going into the match. Yeah. Because that's his crack. Should, the, right. should do Lance Archer versus Darby Allen. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking, yeah. Absolutely. Or maybe they do it on Rampage because he's a Texan boy. Is Lance? Ooh, that'll be interesting for Rampage. But a win, uh, a win for Sammy, regardless. Yeah, I don't know if I'm meant to think Sammy's really like a nice lad deep down, very immature, but very entertaining. Mm. Yeah, he's got the, he's got a nice dream. I, I want to hate him, and I want like Jungle Boy more, but the storyline just hasn't made it this way. Is there anybody from the show? MJF should do commentary on both matches, by the way. He also should uh, try and convince Sammy to be on his side and because he's such an arsehole, propose to him uh, on Dynamite as a nice callback to like, uh, that's good. Just call me put a baby on a roll. That is good. Get down. I'm, on one, I'm down on one knee, Sammy. That'll get an ooh. I was going to say, is there, a, is there a wrestler that they've got like any sort of shared history between them? But that's better. Like mocking that instead of it being the wrestler in question, it is just a job and I think, oh, is this it then? And then I've just got something much crueler lined up. That's it. Yeah. Like I was trying to yeah, I was trying to think about like so obviously the shared history together as part of the in a circle briefly and the Daily's place dynamite mm-hmm. and just in general, because they've been in AEW together from the beginning. And one of the only people I think that kind of like slots between the pair of them is Sean Spears. Yeah, I was just thinking of when they um, were at ringside. Yeah. Yeah. But um, he's had his six monthly appearance. That's I uh, was oddly slotted into that and then slotted right back out. So I I don't know. He's like Guevara is still JAS again technically. What do you say the JAS? Yeah. yeah. So they, they've not got it's Adam Cole stuff, isn't it? So no, it's not going to be anything to do with them. I a jobber and MJF does something f- really funny with him instead. <laughs> I hope so. Yeah. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the fallout from last week. That's going to be dealt with on tonight's show. Before we get to Don Callis. I rewatched the segment just to double check. I ain't got my notes wrong. Christian Cage has promised to spit in Wardlow's face tonight, hasn't he? Has he? He said next week I'm going to come down to this ring, spit oh, yeah. in your face, and you're going to realise you're going to lose that TNT Championship. So <laughs> he's not going to like. He's saying as if he's just going to do it with no pushback. I'm Christian Cage, but like Luchasaurus could destroy him, and then they could do it. An unconscious Wardlow getting his face back is tremendous. Isn't yeah. It? yeah, holds him down, and they do that thing that like bullies do on like American films, where he's like gozzing, and it's slowly uh, getting close to his face. That's, so he could like hack it all up as well. That's grosser than blood. That's grosser than blood. Yeah, a loogie on Arn Anderson. Oh. Anyway, uh, we'll see how that one plays out tonight. But more importantly, Sid, you've got to talk about, of course, the fallout from last week's main event, Don Callis' betrayal of Kenny Omega. Uh, who's he on the phone to? Why is he writing bruv in his Twitter bio? We're going to hear from him tonight. I, th- I think you can probably tell where this is going. I, but I don't know where it is going at the same time because, yeah. like, there's just so many different things in the mix and they've really thought about this compelling, like, multi-stranded mystery um bcc has got moxley some maths here 
Moxley, Danielson, fingers crossed. Claudio, you, I don't want to scare anyone, but my anxiety leads me to believe that. Why isn't Danielson working? I'm on the TV? same. No bumps. It's weird. Yeah. Yeah. Moxley, Danielson, fingers crossed, all going well. Claudio Ute uh-huh. versus, so far, Omega and the Young Bucks. Takeshita and Hangman have to factor into it somehow. But if you do, Takeshita, as we left him last, didn't want to screw drive the heads of the elite, and he got his ass kicked. So he's, at this moment, aligned with the elite, more so than the BCC yes. anyway. Then you've got Hangman Page. And he's not going to team with the BCC against the Young Bucks, where he might with Omega. Does a Carter fit into this somewhere? Does a Bushi? It's a Bushi and Page on the baby faces and Takeshita with the heels Ooh. via Callus. Yeah. For me, that's that would be the five on five. Corrupted. The Osprey, because they've told you the story yeah. in plain sight that Don Callis has realized there's a younger, fitter, more athletic, physically better. This is the storyline, I don't believe it. <laughs> Version of Kenny, Omega, and Will Osprey. I'm just going to make more money off him. Mm. So Osprey could be in Vegas. There's so much to, to go through here. This might have just been because it's what John Moxley does, but I'll, I want there to be um, uh, understanding between the BCC and Callis that was a, agreed upon prior to the cage match because Moxley said, "I'm gonna like it's gonna break your heart." He had to know that that heartbreak was gonna come for Kenny Omega, and I know that's what Moxley does. I'm gonna beat you by tapping you out, and then sure enough, he taps you out. Like you could generalize it, and you could say maybe he just thought his heart would be broken because he lost. Yes, but I felt like. That was pointed, and that they were wise to the idea that maybe Callis was working behind the scenes as the invisible hand, and he'd spoken with like Brian had that big beaming smile on his face, and was almost quite coy and coquettish about Callis turning. Oh, well, would you look at that? So I kind of face is already yeah. a meme. Isn't I know it? that like people have sort of certain um, concerns about Callis just out and out joining the BCC or becoming a mouthpiece for them. And I get that. It's, it's On paper, it's maybe a bit of an awkward fit, but I would like there to have been some, like an allusion to some prior communication between the two sides. Because Moxley very much did that. Oh, well, yeah, the body I'll, language I'll was, take that. I'll take that. Yeah. So maybe it was just a little bit of foreshadowing that wasn't necessarily linked, which you mm. can, as you say, interpret as, oh, you're going to be gutted by this loss. And they can work on, because Takeshita, like Callis, Takeshita has in spite of the screwdriving, bled with the BCC. Yes, so, so much gone into this. So Callis, he doesn't have to be their friend to negotiate Takeshita a spot in the group. Like, if that was if that was going to be another turn now. But Takeshita, like, whose side is he on? Is decent drama. Yeah. You've got two weeks for the pay-per-view, and in a way, that's a shame, because I want this match announcement, I want this graphic, I want the two sides. But you could drag another month out of where does everybody fit in. I think time will be very kind to this. My, as I've said all along, my principal complaint is that Danielson's been playing CM Punk and you think, oh, this is good. It's the best ever substitute, in fact. But <laughs> if it was just CM Punk, it would make more sense and be better. It's Osprey's group's called United Empire, isn't it? Yep. Correct. So they could have a callous thing tonight where he's like, so you think you're, or you and all your, your all elite mates are all going to come together and fight the Blackpool Combat Club? Me as, as part of it. Blackpool Callous Combat Club, actually. BCC. The DCC, the Don Callous Club. <laughs> yeah. And he goes... Yeah. You're you're all over the place, whereas we are united. Oh, they're hiding it in plain sight, and maybe don't don't, don't do that tonight, like you say. But uh, yeah, it's I'm, 
so on the hook for this, having gone from like, what, what are you doing here? It's, it's all a bit all over the place to, oh, no, let it play out. They've always yeah, let it play time. out, you dickhead. Yeah. Do you know what would be quite cute as well? Because <laughs> obviously Callis turns on Kenny in a Moxley match just as he first revealed his relationship with Kenny in a Moxley match. So there's a nice bit of symmetry there. Rather than Don Callis being given a live mic and being in front of the crowd, it'd be great if he cut his promo from a house and you're encouraged to look for like a picture on the wall of him yeah, and Osprey in the yeah, same way that they yeah, laid that Easter yeah. egg in. Something along those lines. A van. A van. <laughs> Perfect. A picture of a van. <laughs> That's amazing. Coronation bunting knocking about. Like he's, like he's uh, a laptop screen, does a hello there. And just on a laptop screen, you can see a GoFundMe logo. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or an insurance page. <laughs> <laughs> Finally. <laughs> Let's get to this historic trios battle that they've been teasing for so long. Tonight, we finally get the Outcasts versus Baker, Hater, and Sheeda Sage. I have said this before. I will keep it brief. I believe that one of the baby faces loses. Maybe it's time for Hater to lose or take the fall to Soraya. And Soraya, in a very WWE way, let's face it, can then state... Well, I've beaten you, therefore I deserve a crack at your title. Soraya wins a double or nothing, and they take the story all the way to bloody blighty in Wembley. <laughs> and then Soraya versus Hater will be the loudest AEW match in the women's division ever. You get the happy ending. She actually finishes the story, and that's how I would plot all of this out. Yeah. I wouldn't, how many months, though? June, July... Three more months of spring L's on people is... Uh... Well, we, you know, talk about the two sides with the Elite and the BCC, but potentially we're in that position with this angle because of blood and guts that was rumoured for this story. Um, I, there's a New Japan show this weekend that will have a tournament. It's semi-finals and finals on the same night, isn't it? But that final is projected to end up being Willow Nightingale versus Mercedes Money. And oh, yeah. Willow Nightingale was obviously... Willow an, Nightingale versus... <laughs> his oh, his sorry. Oh, uh, Money. I thought we were going to get Oh, sorry. Money. Bingo! <laughs> <laughs> Bonus bingo from Taz. <laughs> so there's a four on four, because Willow Nightingale was an associate of the homegrowns, like when they kind of just decided that she's around and then other times she's not. Yeah. Um, and I still think... A Brit Baker turn on Hater is how this not not necessarily ends, but a huge development in the story. Blood and Guts, I think, is the perfect destination for it as well. Um, but I, Soraya Hater for double or nothing feels like the move because ultimately she is the leader of the heel group. And if you're doing say Hater versus uh, Tony Storm, it's a great match. I'd love to see it again, but it would very much just feel like a part of the ongoing story rather than like a big chapter in it a big checkpoint for it so i i think that's i think the heels have to win tonight i just hope i kind of hope they do pin hater or baker because she, then it'll feel if they pin sheeter it's like oh he brought her back just because she, she was beatable was it mm. and that's i don't like that yeah like they've done that with some of the women in this division before it's just this transparent well they're a token loser and i'd rather like she to be kept strong because it was pretty awesome seeing her back like she felt like a big deal again or is tonight the night, considering we saw it, I keep saying this and remembering, she's not medically cleared, and we wish her well in her recoveries tonight, the night that Thunder Rosa involves herself in all this? Maybe. Yeah. I she could interfere, like, do sort of a, try and kneecap Baker and or Hater, and that's what leads to Surya 
pinning them. It's sort of pro and con here. They pushed the Baker uh, Rosen narrative on AEW All Access. It's one of the like the central stories. Pro. Nobody watched AEW All Access. Con. <laughs> so mm. maybe they don't think that particular rivalry is maybe captivating viewers as much as they probably would have liked because it would have fed quite nicely mm. into this if you thought, oh, there's a lot of real life tension there. But just nobody really engaged with all access, mm. so that's maybe been lost. Well, they're still on a rampage, so you know it doesn't concern them that much. Clearly, <laughs> um, looking through <laughs> this, then there is uh, one. Oh yeah, one uh, women's match tonight. And yeah. You know what that means? It's time to play the game. Time to play the game. That was Tamina. <laughs> Before we get to the uh, name of the game, though, Sage, what's the aim of the game? The aim of the game is to identify to the correct hour, minute, and second the first time that you hear the first entrance theme for the first woman to appear for the only women's match on Dynamite. If we do this and we nail it to the exact second, it will really convey that they don't care. It's an afterthought. It's the last thing they sort of format before the show um, really comes together. And it's just getting tedious now. <laughs> so is his intro, so is the division, so are the storylines, so is the sense of apathy. I want to win, and I want to lose. And I want to see more than one women's match. Why can't Jamie Hayter do two things at once and actually be a champion and just have some really cool-ass title matches at That's the same time? That's a Jade Cargill story. That's a pay-per-view in two weeks. I know. She's yeah. a champion. I know. That's the name of the game. The aim of the game. <laughs> And the name of the game is, well, this is ladies night, and I'm thinking, ooh, what a night. Uh, trying to reel back the Headfield, something James Headfield should have done about 25 <laughs> years ago before he became a caricature. Sorry, Simon Miller. Miller's going to deck you in Vegas for that. <laughs> it's going to be leaving Las He's Vegas. Got a room scene. dedicated, hasn't he? Metallica. I'm not going to yeah. tell him this, obviously. <laughs> snitch tag? Oh, yeah. It's not like people snitch tag in opposite land. <laughs> um... And then your luck runs out. <laughs> That's how James Hetfield sings. You should say that if he go. Go on, Mel, have a bet on the old uh, black guy, and he loses. <laughs> and then your luck runs out. <laughs> oh, not me long. And then your luck runs out. That's how he sings live. It's preposterous. Please, please leave the casino, Mister Hetfield. <laughs> Bye, James. <laughs> Thanks, Metallica. Yeah. Oh, right. Um, oh, not <laughs> Imagine them with like a residence. Bright light city, go to step by soul. Bright light city, go to step by soul. <laughs> I thought that's where you were going. And you're going to say, my God. Oh, God. Anyway, shout out as always to <laughs> Adam Blair at Adam Wilton for and Jose Palomares at the whole 11. Always take care of the uh, data for this. Thank you. Um, some of the big's going to happen tonight. Either I complete a hat trick of pr- correct predictions or one of the Dadleys takes the lead and we're going to have next week off. because It's we're a all turkey, gonna... if anything. Yeah. One after the other after the other. Yeah. But, uh, oh yeah, that's a good point. But... Uh, obviously yeah, at the start week, of you, were like, I can't believe I've not won one. Yes, I'm losing. <laughs> and now all of a sudden you put a little run together. Yeah. It matters now. <laughs> um, but yeah, next week, obviously, we can't do it because we'll be in separate locations. So yeah. you can boast if it's one of you two all weekend long about being 
no, not in the lead for the ladies' night. So, uh, Sidgwick's on five, I'm on five. No, Sidgwick's on five, Hamlet's on five, I'm on three. Um, and using Adam Blair's brilliant uh, workings out, it was in the second hour last week, so I'm going to go first hour this week, zero hours, 22 minutes, 48 seconds, please, Sidge. I also think first. Oh, hang on, hang on, hang on. I've written that next to. No need to know that. Go on. <laughs> I, also, I also think first hour. Um, like obviously, it'd be great to have JR's insight, but I'm kind of flying blind here. Yeah. But I think they might have it go over the top into the second hour. Oh, okay. So I'm going to say 48 minutes. 48 minutes and 16 seconds. Zero hours. 48 minutes, 16 seconds. 48, 16. Yeah. Wow. And uh, Wild West stuff. Well, it's old okay. I like to do things a certain way. So when I'm looking at the show, I'm trying to work out how it's going to go. Um, boom, let's go. Ignite. Set my fat gunk in the flash of light. Ring the boom. Dynamite. Where's the night? You know what that means? Where's the R? <laughs> Where's the R? You know, do you think I just sell barbecue sauce? It's my main gig. It's my sideline, Tony. I need. I got my fingers in many pies, and I've got my fingers in pies. I wish they were in, but they, ain't, <laughs> but they ain't quiet. I'm still working on that. Uh, Twitter is a good tool. It's a very good tool. A very useful tool. Um, Revolution is <laughs> so uh, Rick Starks is going to open against Jay White. He's going to lose. He's got the heat on Jay White. And I think they're going to go back to basics. They've been saying, the word on the street is dynamite's fallen off lately. It's no longer cooking, and it's in danger of not being goaded. So they're trying to go back to basics. The elite's at the forefront, yeah? Yeah. They are doing violence. They're doing, like, really cool in-ring bangers with Phoenix and Claudio. And I think that form continues. And the classic days are back with a match in the penultimate <laughs> slot oh, of Dynamite. And Not it's going to be one hour, 23 minutes and 59 seconds. Got a good yeah. spread bet here. Yeah. Good chance. Mathematician's going to have work to do. Oh, Poindexter's watching at home. <laughs> You're taking eight and putting it on his side. Kind of looks like a pair of boobs. So, this old Oakley likes that kind of thing. I think the number eight's got a great upside. Maybe a few months in Ohio Valley wrestling. And it'll just slim down. Reach his physical potential. He's a stud. Can you imagine how good the big show would be if he had his head in the game? <laughs> what are you saying, Jim? 53,000, 53,188,000. Turn your calculator upside down. Tell me what you can see. Get a little treat from old GR. <laughs> I love watching Mark Henry work, but a little more cardio, a little less lardio, and I think it could be something really special. God, you're going to have to narrow this down, Jim. I don't think I've worked out what your problem with these wrestlers is. So, well, I'll answer that. You either add sizzle to your steak or you don't eat it. <laughs> One of the two. That's a GR's secret to success. Five, I just really honest, it was actually five, five million. 
318,000. Then you get your calculator upside down. I'm not here to do goddamn mathematics. I'm here to call <laughs> some goddamn in ring action and half a time. I'm not even getting what I want. On there should be more than one referee in these trios matches, X. You know, got losing control of this thing before it's even started. It's <laughs> a problem with the kids in this business these days. They ain't backstage watching tapes or backstage playing on the goddamn calculators. <laughs> <laughs> Brian, I know you thoughts ahead of Dynamite tonight on Twitter. At what culture WWE? Watch that. You can follow all three of us. You can follow Michael Hamflet at Michael Hamflet. Follow Michael Sidrick at Tears of the Kingdom. Is that what came out of Jerry's cock all those times? <laughs> follow me at follow, follow me at M Sidgwick. <laughs> follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at What Culture WWE, as I said. Uh, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts. We'll be back later to review the show formerly known as NXT Dubai. Oh! And of course, we'll be back tomorrow to review this episode of AW Dynamite. But this is now this has been the Dynamite preview. My thanks to the Dadly Boys, to JR. Thank you for joining us. And we will see you soon. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 